like that more often at church, and we might just all be changed. You never know. But since we all have a little bit of nervous energy left, and I think that Camp Creation, you've been sitting through stuff. Camp Creation, I'm speaking to you specifically back there. I want to do a few would-you-rathers to get some of the tension and the nervous energy out, okay? So I want everybody in the room to stand up. Everyone in the room. All right. Now, would you rather hurricane or tornado? If you're tornado, sit down. All right? Hurricane or tornado? If you're tornado, sit down. Oh, we have lots of hurricane lovers in here. Why would you rather a hurricane? Okay, so bring it back again. I don't know if she was loud enough. She said her tornado is a little bit scarier. All right, would you rather, everyone stand up again. I'll come to Camp Creation this time to answer because some of the ones in the front. Would you rather tacos or burgers? Sit down for burgers. Sit down for burgers. Oh, okay, who's a taco? All right, she's, she's passionate. Who's a taco lover in here? Sophia. Sophia? Because tacos are smacking. Tacos are smacking. All right, everybody stand up one more time. I want your honest answer. Jesus is watching. So there's no, you're okay. There is no wrong answer. I want your honest gut opinion. Would you rather tell the person you're most afraid of or most different of about Jesus or take a pop quiz? Okay, pop quiz, sit down. Pop quiz, sit down. Pop quiz, sit down. Okay. Do you mind if I have one of the pop quiz answers? Tell me why you'd rather take a pop quiz. No? Okay, that's all right. Everybody sit down. Give everyone a hand. You know what? That actually does have something to do with what I was going to talk about today to Camp Creation. And you know what, Camp Creation, since you're way back there and I like to walk around anyway, I'm going to come a little bit closer to you, okay? The topic is Jesus is for everyone. And I'm going to be reading out of, because we're coming out of the Bible, and I know Camp Creation has been following through different conversations. So since you can all hear me, I'll probably walk around a little bit. If you have your Bibles or your phones, if not, I'm going to read it out loud. From John chapter 4, verses 6 through 30. And I'm going to be talking about sharing our faith today. And I find it really interesting because I actually was expecting the response I got. I would say 75% of the room would rather have taken a pop quiz then tell the person they feel most different than or most scared of about Jesus. And that's really natural. So what did Jesus have to do with evangelism? What does he teach us with reaching out? In John chapter 4, verses 6 through 30, guys, I'm loud because I'm Italian and I read really fast. So fasten your seatbelts. Here's the woman in the well story. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near a field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman from Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God... 
then you would have lived, asked me for living water. You would have, um, and I would have given you living water. And the woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with. Where are you going to get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from himself as did his sons and his livestock. And Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whosoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And the woman said, to him, sir, give me this water so I won't be thirsty or have to come to draw water again. And Jesus said to her, go, call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, you're right in saying that. You have no husband, for you have now had five husbands, and the one that you're with is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you're a prophet on our fathers, worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is coming from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here where people will worship the Father and spirit and truth for the father is seeking such people to worship him god is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth the woman said to him i know that messiah is coming come right down front guys and sit down i know that messiah is coming and when he comes he will tell us all things and jesus said to her i will speak to you i who speak to you am he just then, his disciples came back. They marveled that he was talking to a woman, but no one said, what do you seek or why are you talking to her? So the woman left her jar and went away into the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me all I ever did. Could this be the Christ? They went out of the town and were coming to him. Long passage, but it's really important. What can we learn about sharing our faith? From Jesus reaching out to the woman in Samaria. What can we learn? Well, the very first thing that Jesus shows us is that Jesus meets people right where they are at. Jesus meets people right where they are at. What does the first couple of verses tell us? Where did Jesus meet this woman? Since you guys are already so talkative in this crowd because I can hear you, someone shout out. Where did Jesus meet the woman? At the well. Anybody remember what time it was? Noon, okay? So it teaches us a couple of things. The first thing it teaches us is that Jesus didn't just wait for people to come to him. In the middle of temples, in the middle of synagogues, in the middle of his disciples, even though people were constantly seeking Jesus out. Jesus went to a place, the hottest place of the day. I know it's finally raining at Creation Fest, but you guys know heat, don't you? You have been dripping, and I've been staying at a hotel at night, so I can just imagine how much more you have been dripping than even I have been dripping, okay? I was a sheer dripping mess at the end of the morning session yesterday. Too much information, I know, but it was, woo, hot. But Jesus went at the hottest part of the day to the furthest part of the city to a city that normal Jewish people, the followers of people, skipped over because they didn't believe that that city was the right people of race, the right people of religion, or the right people that would even protect their well-being. But Jesus chose to go to the place people were most afraid of and that people most said, I'm not going there. And I want to ask you guys, because a lot of you sat down and said, I would rather take a pop quiz than go to that one person that I am afraid of, that one person that won't connect with me. And I want to ask you, and you can't, you don't have to answer me right on the spot, maybe write a note because I know Camp Creation has notebooks. What is it that you're afraid of? 
What is it that keeps you from crossing barriers? What are the biggest barriers and boundaries in your life that you just never cross over? Because Jesus brought the good news to people that the church, the religious people of the day, thought weren't worth hearing. He brought the good news always to places where normally people thought God would never go. So if you want to start sharing your faith and you're wondering, I don't even know how to begin to share my faith, just start going to those places outside your normal Christian bubbles. And I know you guys in the back are with parents and stuff like that. Grab your parents, grab your youth leaders and say, let's go start hanging out in the center of our city. Let's go start having a meeting in the center of our school. Let's do stuff with youth group maybe outside of the normal bounds. So Jesus went to people. He didn't wait for people to come to himself. And what do we see about this? We see that the woman came all by herself. Maybe you guys have heard this before. And at the hottest part of the day, what does this mean to us? Women normally drew water in groups because they were coming together. There were big jars and they wanted to go for protection together because lots of times they lived in deserts and they lived in places where for women especially it was dangerous to travel by yourself on the road. But this woman came by herself and they would normally come in groups early in the morning or late at night because it was cooler. And in ancient Near East and in Greco-Roman times when they're living, they didn't have running water. So they had to get all their water for the whole day for cooking, for cleaning, for showering in that one trip. This woman came at the hottest part of the day all by herself because she was an outsider. She was bullied. She felt ashamed. She felt like she had to hide. She was afraid of what people would think of her. So Jesus goes to the people that most other people shun. What is the next thing that we learn from this passage? In verse 9, it said to the Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? And what does this tell us? Verse 9, then I'm going to go into a little bit more of verse 9 through three different things. Jesus is good news for the outsider. How many of you guys have ever felt like the outsider? Raise your hand. How many have ever felt like the outsider? Anybody bold enough to tell me why you felt like an outsider? Right here. Uh, I went to a new school that was a public school for the very first time, and I just felt very out of place. Okay. Went to a new school that was a public school. Anybody else want to tell me when you felt like an outsider back here in Camp Creation? Now, I'll tell you why I felt like an outsider in school. I was literally the least athletic person you could ever dream of. I mean, trip over myself. I have had an accident on a treadmill before. I have fallen off a treadmill, and I've fallen off a spin bike. I mean, I don't live it down with my family. I am not very graceful. And part of my kind of feeling like an outcast was always gym class. I was always the last person picked for the team. Nobody ever wanted me. But Jesus, with the woman at Samaria, by him speaking to her, he shows that Jesus is good news for every single reason or every single thing that people might feel outsiders. Why do people feel outsiders today? What are the biggest divisions in our schools and in our worlds? Well, one of them is race, isn't it? I'm getting real serious here. And I know that we have it from an early, early age. Most of the time, the people that we hang out with, the people that we're most with in church or in groups tend to look the same as us. That's what happens. And yet Jesus specifically went to Samaria. Do you know the Jews, what they used to say about Samaritans? They said that they weren't of the right bloodline. They said that they were a lower class because they had mixed blood, because they were a different race. And they were some of the very first 
instances we see in the Bible of racial discrimination. And Jesus, by going to Samaria, spending time in Samaria, sitting with the woman in Samaria, was saying for all of us, for all kind, all time, if we are going to share the good news of Christianity, we need to cut past those historic divisions. We need to start letting our conversations and our friendship groups and our churches look like the world God created instead of just the bubbles. And so Jesus is good news for people from every racial background, from every country background, who speaks any language. And guys, if you take anything away from this camp creation, I would love for you in this next school year to find some friends who are different than you, different than the way you think, different than the way you look, different than the way that you have been raised, because that's what Jesus did. So he cuts across racial barriers when he's speaking to the woman of Samaria. And you see this in verse 9. It said, the Jews had no dealings with the Samaritans. He cuts across religious barriers. You see this later on when the woman of Samaria is talking to Jesus. She goes, well, what about worshiping? You say we should worship on one mountain. We say you should worship on the other one. How come we have all these divisions? And Jesus said, that's not important. God is real, and I'm coming to you, and I am here. And unfortunately, when I'm talking a lot of times and asking Q&A for different people that are Christians, some of the times the biggest questions that they ask me in Camp Creation, I'm coming to you, you're doing such a good job in the middle of everybody else in here, all right? So I want to come straight to you. A lot of times we ask questions, and this has happened even in the woods and some of the different panels we've had, and the questions that we get from people are more kind of like religious arguing questions, like, well, what about this? This denomination says that, and that church says this, and this church says that. But you know what? When me and Alicia were with you guys yesterday, Yesterday, we didn't get questions like that. We got questions about really how to reach out. So Jesus is showing us from the very beginning, if you want to cut across some of the fears and some of the barriers about talking to your friends about Jesus, don't get caught up in a bunch of religious jargon. Don't fight between one denomination or another. Learn to show unity. Talk about who Jesus is. Talk about the good news. So Jesus is good news for the outsider that feels like they're on the out of the religious clubs, maybe not even a Christian, haven't grown up the way you have, don't go to the Christian schools, aren't raised everything, maybe even believe in evolution. Jesus is good news for those people. Jesus is good news for people of every race, but the thing I love the most, and pardon me if some of you guys were in the woods with me when I already spoke about this, about women, but what I love about this is Jesus is good news for women. All the girls at Camp Creation, give me a little scream. Oh, I even got non-camp. Jesus is good news for women. Now, I won't go that long on this, but this is the best part for me of what happens here. You see, in the New Testament world, did you know that women were like lower on the social ladder than, than, than anyone? They were down there with pets sometimes. Even married men were told, married Jewish men, do not talk to your wife. Do not even talk to your wife in public because someone might think of you badly. Someone might think you're doing something horrible. Women were not allowed to be educated. Women were not allowed to hold jobs. Women were not allowed to have property. They were very, very low. And yet Jesus decides to take time to speak to a woman, an individual woman, by himself and say that she is of great, great value. And I don't know today if any of you guys have ever felt less Less of a man, less of a woman. Or someone has told you, be a real man. 
or be a girl more. But Jesus looks at you and says, I see who you are and I love you. And you be exactly the way that I created you and I'm here for you and I'm cheering for you. So Jesus is good news for every single person, man, woman, regardless of your race, regardless of your background, regardless of what you've been told, regardless if you've been cheered for or pushed down by society, by friends, by family, Jesus is for you. What is the other thing that we see? We see that Jesus is the healer of the broken hearted. Can you guys be real with me today? Who's ever had their heart hurt? Right? Who's ever had their heart hurt? But I love what Jesus does with this woman. Jesus has gotten close to her. Jesus has talked to her. Jesus has taken her questions seriously. And finally, he says, woman, if you knew who you were talking to, you would be asking me for living waters because what I have to give you is so much better than what you've been looking for and what you've been hoping to satisfy. Because I don't know about you guys, but a lot of us, and I'm going to put myself there first, we look to friendships. We look to parents. We look to relationships, boyfriends, girlfriends. Maybe some people in here, it looks like you're a little bit older than youth. We look to husbands. We look to wives. We look to relationships to give us meaning and to give us validity. And you know what? Even the best relationships, even Christian relationships, they will let us down. And when we are hoping to get all of our meaning from love and intimacy, from a friendship or from a boyfriend or a girlfriend, you know what happens? What happens is what happened to the woman at Samaria. We end up sucking one person dry and sucking the next person dry, or they suck us dry. We have heartbreak after heartbreak and after heartbreak, and we are empty and we are dying as if a person living in the desert, like this woman was living, could not get water. And Jesus was saying, it doesn't matter how thirsty or how broken or what you have been told by man after man after man that had left you because she had been through five people, you can be satisfied. And I am the man and I am the person that can satisfy you. Now, I don't know about you guys, but especially the 75% that said I would rather take a pop quiz then tell someone about Jesus. What about what Jesus does here? He's telling the good news, and how does he share the good news? He goes and gets all up close and personal in her love life. How many of you guys would lead with someone's love life if you were trying to share the good news? Nope. Nobody raised their hand, right? That's like exactly the way to get a door slammed on your face. In fact, for some reason, I guess I just sign up for the stupid pills because I'm put on stages all the time at university campuses and get asked to answer the question, Sex, why wait? What does Christians really think about this? What does the Bible really say about love and relationships? And yet even with that, I am able to talk about the beauty of a man, Jesus Christ, who comes close to the brokenhearted, who comes close to those of us who feel like we are empty. Because the truth of the matter is, guys, is that a lot of people say no to Jesus because they think the rules that the Bible said about dating and sex and marriage and relationship, they're too hard to follow. And I've been in this ministry, which for those of you, because I didn't introduce myself, but you've met some of my colleagues. I have been doing this for seven years full time. And it doesn't matter how hard a question of evidence about the existence of God comes down. Almost every single time when I'm speaking to people, the thing that is the last straw for people to say yes to Jesus comes down to something about relationship or intimacy. They do not want to say yes to Jesus because they think that the rules that Jesus sets about our love lives means they won't have joy, they won't have freedom, and they will miss out. So they keep on running from God, and they end up broken, 
and they end up empty, and then they think I'm too far away from God. But Jesus comes close to her, and I think I ask you this in your questions for follow-up afterwards. Why do you think Jesus was able to speak about something so personal, like the fact that she had already had five husbands, and she didn't just say, forget you, and walk away. She sat there and kept talking to him. Jesus was able to do that because he had already crossed over all of those boundaries. He had already taken the time to say, I think you're valuable. Society said you weren't valuable. I see you. Society's trying to blot you out. I think you have something good to say. He took the time to get close, to cross barriers, and to get to know someone. Guys, it won't be so scary to have the conversation about Jesus with that person you think you're most different than if you get a little bit closer and you get to know them. And when you get a little bit closer, I promise you that you will start seeing that they will open up and they will be asking you questions about Jesus. So Jesus crosses barriers. He goes to people where they're at. He is good news for everybody. He is good news for the outsider, whether you feel like you're an outsider for any reason. He's the healer of the brokenhearted. And really, I just want to end with reminding you that part of the reason why I am no longer afraid to share my faith or be asked questions around the world from someone who is Hindu or atheist or you fill in the blank, what seems and what may scare you to you, is because I have come to fully, fully believe not just that Jesus is good news for me, but I know that Jesus is the best news for every person. That there is no person on this planet that by saying yes to Jesus will lose out. And Jesus says this to the woman. I want you guys to listen really quick as I read the end of this conversation. Okay? Jesus and the woman talk back and forth and back and forth. And you guys have been so good listening in here. And finally, she just wants to end the conversation. You might get to this point where someone's like, I'm just done. And she goes, one day we'll figure it all out. One day Messiah will come. And then what does he say to her? He says, I am he. Do you know how special this is? There is nowhere else at this point in the book of John and many other times in the book of John where Jesus is that clear, where he doesn't hide who he is from people. He just says to her, hey, guess what? I'm the Messiah, and I showed up. If you've read the rest of the book of John, you know what he normally does? He says, I'm the bread, I'm the light, I'm the door. And he kind of hides it in parables. Let's see what he values this woman so much and this people group that has been shunned by the people of God and been told that they are um, not valuable, that he says, I am not going to pull any punches. I'm just going to show up in force and tell them I am here. And because Jesus has been so real, he has lived out the good news to them. He has crossed the the boundaries. He has shown kindness and acceptance when this woman was broken. He is able to just offer himself. And what happens when he offers himself so clearly and tells the woman that he's the Messiah? She leaves her water jug. Now, once again, I cannot say enough how important water was. Leaving your water jug would be like leaving a wallet full of $1,000. It would be just like that. Water was the most valuable resource anybody had. She leaves her water jug, and she runs to the town. She tells all of the townspeople that she had been avoiding right, because they thought she was the outsider, come see a man who told me everything that I ever did. Once again, that would normally make some people run away from someone, right? If you knew someone that knew everything you ever did, I don't know about you, I'd be running in the other direction. I do not need to have you remind me what I've done before. 
he, she says, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. And what happens? If you read to the end of chapter 4 later in your tag time camp creation and everybody else that has shielded from the rain and sat here with camp creation, the entire town comes to know and believe Jesus. Now, guys, I want to encourage you as I end this talk and you guys go into your tag time. People will come to know Jesus if you just confidently believe Jesus is for me and it doesn't matter what I've ever done or what I can do, he's still for me. And you share that truth about Jesus by living out Jesus to them. Make Jesus a visible reality. Because the truth of the matter is most people can't see Jesus, right? But you can live and be Jesus with skin on to the rest of your friends. And the way we most do that is to go to them Show that he's good news for the outsider. Because really, there's no outsiders for God. So when we come and cross barriers, we show that there's no outsiders. We are close to the brokenhearted. We don't push people's faces in their mistakes or make them feel shameful for the choices that they've made. We show that Jesus can satisfy all their needs. And then we live like Jesus is the best news possible. And people will be asking us. Do you mind if I just say a prayer for these Camp Creation kids and everyone else who has suffered through hearing a session that they didn't think that they were going to have? And as I pray, I want to ask you guys, Camp Creation, I believe that God has brought you here this week to make you confident that he's never going to leave you and never going to forsake you. And not just make you confident for yourself, but I believe he's calling you to share the good news of Jesus that you have learned with at least one friend and as I pray for you right now, I believe that God is going to either right now or before you go home tonight, put a name in your, in your heart, in your, in your head, and share and help and inspire you to share this good news with one person, okay? So if you're willing to take that challenge, say, yes, I want to be used. Yes, Jesus, I believe you're the best news. Yes, I accept that for myself, and I want to tell her that. Then as I pray... I'm going to pray for God's anointing and power over you guys. And then I'm just going to give a, a, like a minute of silence for you to wait and ask God, show me one person who I'm taking the good news to. Okay, guys? Thank you for listening so well. Thank you guys for listening so well for them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are the best news. You're the best news for our hearts. You're the best news for our lives. And it doesn't matter how far we feel away from you or how far it has seemed that you have been from our lives or our schools or our families or our siblings or our friends. You're open and you're here to heal the brokenhearted and you're here to change our lives and change our world. So first, Lord, for our own hearts, if we have felt far away, we say we don't want to be far anymore. We want to be close to you. We accept that you love us. Forgive us for running away from you and thinking that we weren't worth something. We accept what your cross says about us. Come in and make us sure and confident again. And now, Lord, fill us with your confidence and let us be those who take your good news to the rest of the world and show that there are no outsiders to the love of God. And so right now, Lord, I pray specifically for Camp Creation and anybody else here that wants to take this challenge, Lord, that we would not just have a great couple of days of worship and learning, but we would take what you have done here in the middle of this campground and take this good news to the world. So right now, I just ask that you would put a name in different people's hearts. Show them who they're going to bring the good news to. And Lord, I ask that you would open doors for them to share your good news with that one name. Thank you that you still speak today. In your precious name we pray, Lord. Amen.